Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. The Wolf and the Man! So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a... Grim Reading! Once on a time, the fox was talking to the wolf about the strength of man, how no animal could withstand him, and how all were obliged to employ cunning in order to preserve themselves from him. Wow. Let's have a little chat. Let me tell you about these human folk. <laughs> You've got to employ your cunning, which the fox has in abundance. That's known for it, famous for it. Then the wolf answered, Oh, if I had but the chance of seeing a man for once, I would sit on him all the same. Sit on him. Set on him. I've set on him. Good. That's not. That's a different tactic, that one. I can help you to do that, said the fox. Come to me early tomorrow morning and I will show you one. A man. That's oh, I will show you one. I'll show well. you a man. Okay, good. The wolf presented himself early and the fox took him out on the road by which the hunters went daily. First came an old discharged soldier. Is that a man? inquired the wolf. No, answered the fox. That was one. Oh, cut it. This wolf is... The fox is savage. Afterwards came a little boy who was going to school. Is that a man? No, that is going to be one. Wow. We've got a very strict uh, definition of what a man is. <laughs> at length came a hunter with his double-barreled gun at his back and knife by his side. Said the fox to the wolf, Look, look, there comes a man. You must attack him. But I will take myself off to my hole. The wolf then rushed on the man. When the hunter saw him, he said, It is a pity that I have not loaded with a bullet. But he aimed and fired his small shot in his face. So he's like, he doesn't have a bullet in his gun, but he has like debris, like gunpowder. So something explodes out of it, but it's not a proper pellet. Okay, it's just like confetti just pops up the end. Yeah. (laughs) A bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The wolf made a very wry face but did not let himself be frightened and attacked him again, on which the hunter gave him the second barrel. So bang, another barrel full of confetti in the face. Yeah, ouch. The wolf swallowed his pain and rushed on the hunter, but he drew out his bright knife and gave him a few cuts with it, left and right, so that, bleeding everywhere, he ran howling back to the fox. Oh, no. Well, brother wolf, said the fox, how have you got on with man? Ah, replied the wolf, I never imagined the strength of man to be what it is. First he took a stick from his shoulder and blew into it, and something flew into my face which tickled me terribly. Then he breathed once more into his stick, and it flew into my nose like lightning and hail. When I was quite close, he drew a white rib out of his side, and he beat me with it till I was all but left lying dead. (laughs) See what a braggart you are, said the fox. You have overreached yourself. You throw your hatchet so far that you cannot fetch it back again. The end. Wow. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Same old fox, up to his old tricks. Same old fox. What a nasty uh, 
character he is. What's he called? Rembrandt? No, what's he called? Rembrandt. <laughs> what's he called? Ren what? Renard. Renard. Renard's back in business. And he's being very nasty again. Like, very. And it's just... No, this can't be the same wolf. No, right. <laughs> Rewind. If you remember, there's the four fox, foxy tales. The foxy quadrilogy. The fox quadrilogy. We've done episode three. Uh-huh. Which was the fox and his cousin. Exactly, that's episode three. So now yeah. we're going back to episode one. Origin story, mate. Origins, yeah. So this is the first story about the fox. Mm-hmm. So this is a different wolf. But the same fox, right. And they're sort of, I don't know, they kind of know each other, acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And the fox is like, oh, you want to hunt a man? Sure, come. And they're like sitting in a bush, like peeping out with their little heads. Yeah. And the man's like, is that man? No. Is that man? Yeah, and he sort of says, yeah, that is. Go and attack him. And the wolf trusts the fox. Yeah, clearly. At this yeah. point, he does. And the fox is just being mean. Just being nasty. No, yeah, nothing in it for him, just for the sake of it. He just loves schadenfreude. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Sort of just sadistic, almost. Yeah. And so these stories are really like a testament to the fox's intelligence, aren't mm-hmm. they? Because the wolf is way more dangerous than a fox, but mm-hmm. they're easier to manage. Mm-hmm. Whereas the fox is cunning and trickstery and you, can, you can't, they're just super smart. Yeah. So these stories are telling that aspect of the fox, aren't they? They're playing that up. Yeah. And I thought from a human perspective, okay. a wolf charging at you is quite terrifying. It's very terrifying. But told in this way... You actually feel sorry for the wolf. Sure. Which is quite amazing. No, that is interesting, yeah. He can turn something menacing and the big, bad, scary wolf into something kind of pathetic and you feel a bit sympathetic for yeah. him. That's why the fox works as a character for me. Yeah. But and it's all... funny because it, this is a human story uh-huh. written by humans giving human characteristics to animals who then talk about humans. Yeah. So it's quite a, <laughs> a lot of layers there. Yeah. Yeah, and it is that classic, um, that classic thing of like uh, a bully convincing someone impressionable to pick on someone who they're never going to win against, mm. and then being destroyed. I've seen yeah. that a lot in sort of fiction, any kind of American high school yeah. drama. And there might be a yeah, a, some jocks that convince a kid to yeah. That's I know what thing. you mean. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's also it's a bit rude about old people and children. Very. Suggesting they're not men. And so, so it's got an odd view of, like a yeah. particularly antiquated view of manliness. Yeah, Masculinity, what constitutes a man. I mean, is that does that make the wolf noble? Like he wants to take on a worthy adversary rather than like eating a <laughs> child? Well, I think that, because it all begins with them saying they're having a chat about the strength of man. Uh-huh. And the wolf's like, oh, I just want to have a go at a man. And what the, the fox does is it waits until there's someone who can fight the wolf. Because if the wolf had gone for the child or the old man, he would have stood a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like the fox is just trying to get the wolf hurt, basically. Uh-huh. So yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. there's the strongest, yeah. most well-equipped human. I'll send the wolf against him. Going, yeah, that's a man. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, describing the, the men, the ages of the men, reminded me of the riddle of the sphinx. The ancient Greek myth of Oedipus has the riddle of the Sphinx. Oh, does it? Do you know this? I didn't know this. All right. Well, Oedipus, uh, he's walking through a forest and he bumps into a Sphinx. And his life depends on answering the riddle that the Sphinx poses to him. Mm -hmm. The Sphinx says, What walks on four feet in the morning 
two in the afternoon and three at night. Have you heard this riddle before? Maybe, but I, I cannot okay. think what it is, and I really want to solve it. What walks on four feet in the morning, two in the afternoon, and three at night? That's a little uh, UK reference. Um, I've no idea. Uh, a horse. No. <laughs> horse. <laughs> Just a horse walking. You on. would be amongst the dead bodies surrounding the Sphinx at that point. But uh, Oedipus, he was all over it. He said, man. As an infant, he crawls on all fours. As an adult, walking on two legs. Oh, and in old age, he's a walking, walking stick. stick. So because he answered the riddle of the Sphinx correctly, he became the king of Thebes and ended up marrying his own mother. Yay. And the rest is history. It is, isn't it? After killing his dad, I think. But anyway, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler for the ancient Greek myth. Yeah, just in case you haven't yeah. caught up on that. So that reminded me, yeah, that reminded me of that. So I, to That's be honest, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if this story had taken, or it's been influenced by that ancient uh, myth. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's the wolf and the man. Did you enjoy that? I really I, enjoyed that. Adam, listen, I know you're one of these newfangled kids who oh, wants yeah. everything on demand. That's me. Yeah, impatient. Yeah. You don't want to wait around for the next exciting episode, do you? No, I hate it. So how about we binge onward? You've blown my mind. Shall we continue? Yes, please. To the Wolf and the Fox. That, I mean, let's do it. The Wolf and the Fox. The Wolf had the Fox with him. And whatever the wolf wished, that the fox was compelled to do, for he was weaker, and he would gladly have been rid of his master. So I I think that after what happened last time with the man, the wolf's like, right, you're going to do what I say from now on. Putting his feet down, yeah. Yeah, his paws down. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's the right joke. (laughs) It chanced that once, as they were going through the forest, the wolf said, Red fox, get me something to eat, or else I will eat you yourself. The fox answered, I know a farmyard where there are two young lambs. If you were inclined, we will fetch one of them. Mm -hmm. That suited the wolf, and they went there. And the fox stole the little lamb, took it to the wolf, and went away. The wolf devoured it, but was not satisfied with one. He wanted the other as well, and he went off to get it. Since, however, he did it so awkwardly, the mother of the little lamb heard him and began to cry out terribly and to bleat so that the farmer came running there. Oh, no. They found the wolf and beat him so mercilessly <gasps> that he went to the fox limping and howling. Oh, you've misled me finally, said he. I went to fetch the other lamb and the country folks surprised me and have beaten me to a jelly. The fox... Re- Sorry, I was drinking tea. <laughs> beating me to a jelly? Beating me to oh, a jelly? Okay. He's wobbling oh, wibbly, about the place. Wobbly, wobbly jelly. <laughs> The wolf wolf wobbled up to the fox and said, I'm a jelly. I'm all a jelly. (laughs) Oh, poor fellow. Mm. He's a wibbly wobbly. The fox replied, why are you such a glutton? Next day, they again went into the country and the greedy wolf once more said, red fox, (laughs) get me something to eat or I will eat you yourself. Good threat. Then answered the fox, I know a farmhouse where the wife is baking pancakes tonight. We will get some of them for ourselves. Oh, yummy. They were <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't bake pancakes, though, do you? Well, you do you stick them on the hob. You do in the countryside. Okay, that's a country pancake. They went there, and the fox slipped round the house and peeped and sniffed about until he discovered where the dish was, and then he drew down six pancakes and carried them to the wolf. There is something for you to eat, said he to him, 
and then went his way. The wolf swallowed down the pancakes in an instant and said, Oh, they make one want more. And went back and tore the whole dish down so that it broke in pieces. So he's gone back to get the pancakes. He's so awkward. (laughs) He is. He's a clumsy oaf. This made such a great noise that the woman came out. (laughs) The woman. (laughs) The woman came out. And when she saw the wolf, she called the people. (laughs) Oh, no. The woman called the people. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. And the people hurried there and beat him as long as their sticks would hold together. Oh, Till boy. with two lame legs and howling wildly, he got back to the fox in the forest. Oh, no. Oh, how oh. abominably you've misled me, cried he. The peasants caught me and tanned my skin for me. Oh. But the fox replied, why are you such a glutton? Is he not jelly this time? <laughs> <laughs> it's a pancake. <laughs> On the third day, when they were out together, and the wolf could only limp along painfully, he again said, Red fox, get me something to eat or else I will eat you yourself. The fox answered, I know a man who has been killing, and the salted meat is lying in a barrel in the cellar. We will get that, said the wolf. I will go when you do, that you may help me if I am not able to get away. I am willing, said the fox. So the wolf's like, no, no more trickery. You're staying with me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the fox showed the wolf the bypaths and the ways by which at length they reached the cellar. They're in the cellar. Mm-hmm. They're in the, the man who's been killing's cellar. The man who's been killing. <laughs> there was meat in abundance. And the wolf attacked it instantly and thought, Oh, there's plenty of time before I need leave off. Oh, dear. The fox liked it also. He's gorging himself as well. Mm-hmm. Salted meats. Yum, yum. But he looked about everywhere and he often ran to the hole by which they had come in. And he tried if his body was still thin enough to slip through it. Oh, I see where this is going. The wolf said, Dear fox, tell me why you are running here and there so much and jumping in and out. I must see that no one is coming, replied the crafty fellow. Don't eat too much. Then said the wolf, I shall not leave until the barrel is empty. In the meantime, the farmer who had heard the noise of the foxes jumping came into the cellar. (laughs) Oh, the foxes jumping? Hmm? That sounds like a fox jumping. (laughs) (laughs) To the cellar! (laughs) Uh, Now when the fox saw him, he was out of the hole in one bound. The wolf wanted to follow him, but he had made himself so fat with eating that he could no longer get through, but stuck fast. So he stuck half in and half out. Then came the farmer with a cudgel and struck him dead. But the fox bounded into the forest, glad to be rid of the old glutton. The end. Whoa. is stunned. <laughs> uh, that story took a turn. An mm. interesting one. Because my first reaction is, to me, it's not all the fox's fault. Okay. You seem surprised, but I mean, at every turn, it's the wolf's desire to eat more yeah. that gets him in trouble. Like, if he only ate what the yeah. fox allotted him, mm-hmm. which I know is part of the fox's plan, he would have been okay. Yeah. He wouldn't have been all jelly all over the place. And he's well also he's, he's also sort of imprisoned the fox. So he's a bit more dastardly. Right, yeah, yeah, because the fox is working under threat from yeah. the wolf. It's true, but at the same time, if you remove the fox from this story, 
it would just be a story about how greed is bad. Yeah. But when you add the fox, again, this He's this engineering the situation, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. It again gives you more sympathy for the wolf mm-hmm. because he's being tricked. And I think that last one he was being tricked because yeah. the fox kept going back and forth. But and the he wolf was could saying, have done the same thing if he'd have thought about it. Exactly. And he yeah, he did say, Don't be too greedy. Yeah. And he's saying you're a glutton. So yeah. It's a little more layered this one. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, definitely. I, I thought that I mean, Cuddle has come up before. I remember the first time that came up was in the first episode with old Sultan. Yeah. A cudgel which combed his locks finely. Wow, well remembered. Still don't know what that is, but in my head, right, the farmer comes down into the cellar. The wolf is stuck in the hole Mm. trying to get out. Yeah. So the farmer comes down and sees a big wolf bum, like sticking out the wall. (laughs) So he beats the wolf to death via his backside. (laughs) Like, what's that all about? That sounds so painful. <laughs> yes, I don't it does. even want to think <laughs> no about No one that. wants a bum death like that. No one wants a bum death. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't just say that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants a bum death. <laughs> no, yeah. um, my imagination maybe just didn't let me go there because I've thought he's bust out of the, uh, the front door and he's gone round and like in American horror films there's like wooden doors that like you open from the outside and you walk down some steps into the oh, cell. Yeah. That's sort of how I'm picturing it. So he is seeing the fox's head and he's just bashing his head in. <laughs> oh, that's what you... Oh, yeah, so right then. Yeah, that, that's what you would think. He's bashing Don't his head in. head, Death. He's not bashing his bum in. <laughs> no. Cudgel, I've got pictures of cudgels and they look oh, what's absolutely cudgel? nasty. It's just a metal, uh, sorry, oh, wooden it's club. like a proper... Well, that's a mace. If it's got, like, uh, uh, spikes it on it. a bit like a mace. But... It says a cudgel, but... Um, so basically... I think it's just basically... In, in this story, it will just mean a wooden club. Sort of bigger at the end where you're hitting. <laughs> so it's like a mace, but without the spikes. Yeah, brutal. So now we know what a cudgel is. Wow. <laughs> and he beat the wolf to death with it. Also, uh, this may also have reminded you of thumbling. Um, Wolf eats too much and oh, gets yes. stuck. Couldn't get out. Yeah, because Thumbling's like, I know where you can have a good feast. You can get in via the kitchen sink. We keep seeing similar scenes in these stories, don't we? That's true. That's true. Oh, also, mm. something else has just occurred to me that depending on the story, the wolf is either the protagonist or the antagonist. I mean, oh, hello. Wolf, wolf and the Seven Little Kids, Wolf yeah. is... Antagonist. The antagonist, whereas mm. here, he's the, he's the good guy. We've actually met quite a, full, a few wolves now, mm-hmm. actually. That's true. We haven't met many big bad wolves. No. We've only met in The Wolf and the Seven Little Kids. That was a big bad that wolf. That was a big bad wolf. Other than that, we've just met sort of stupid wolves, really. Um, yeah, but there you go. That's the. Uh, so we are now caught up in the quadrilogy. And there's one more episode, the concluding part. Which is called... The Fox and the Cat. Oh. Oh, how's it all going to end? I can't, oh, that, I'm so excited for the that because long time listeners know I'm a big cat fan. Before we go, I know, don't cry. We're not gone yet. Not, not, not you, Adam. I meant the listener. Okay, you can sorry. cry. Can I? Later, maybe. In, in private. Um, if we're talking about foxes in folklore, there's one thing we've got to talk about. Kitsune! Across the whole world, the place where foxes are most prevalent in folklore is Japan. 
where the notorious fox spirits known as kitsune are especially important. Mm-hmm. The kitsune are just as shrewd as their European cousins, but they have far more impressive powers, including, but not limited to, shape-shifting. I mean, strap in, because Brothers Grimm is like vanilla compared to this is like oh boy, this is spicy. We've entered the spicy world of the shape-shifting fox. <laughs> I cannot wait. So, concerning their powers and abilities, Mm -hmm. just some of the things they're known to do in their spare time include deceiving people, Mm -hmm. such as tricking them into deadly traps, attaching themselves to a family and then bringing misfortune and ruin upon that family. Yep, tick. And possessing people and driving them to madness. Wow. Yeah. There was a time in Japan where if your community considered you or your family to have a kitsune attached to you, you might even be banished wow. from the area. I think this was in a certain area of Japan. But yeah, they're just really powerful, scared, scary spirits, basically. Wow. But probably just going through your bins. <laughs> really? You're banished! No! Whoa. I'm sorry, I just threw out the chicken! <laughs> no! As they age, as Kitsune age and gain in power, they can grow new tails. Ooh. And they're commonly depicted with nine. So they have nine, nine tails. tails Fox of nine tails. What is cat of nine tails? Cat of nine tails is a whip. Yeah. Used by sailors, I think. How weird is that, that there is this idea of a fox with nine, with nine tails. tails and there's the European idea of the cat, cat of nine, nine tails. tails. It's weird. That is very hmm. odd. And also, for any Pokemon fans out there, they might remember the Pokemon Ninetales, which is based on the Kitsune. That does ring a bell. Yeah, you'd know it. Here's another, perhaps, odd connection mm-hmm. between Europe and Japan. When they shapeshift, the Kitsune, they often take on the form of a beautiful woman. Oh, okay. And they even engage in relationships or even marry humans. Wow, foxy lady. Well, exactly. There was a, well, there was a medieval belief that if you encountered a woman alone in a dark night, uh, then it was likely to be a fox. So, much like in European culture, where there is the idea of women as foxy or feline, there's equally this weird sexual association with foxes going on in Japan. Mm, Okay. Though, let's not even start talking about weird sexual things in Japan. No, not go there. No, let's leave that door closed. Yes. Locked. Walk away. It'll be a long night otherwise. (laughs) You can catch them out, though. A shape-shifted kitsune. Oh, yeah? So if you're being seduced by a beautiful woman in the dark, Adam... Yeah, what uh, do I do if I feel my powers, like... If I feel, feel myself falling under the spell of a, a kitsune, what do I do? If they get careless, or maybe you can get them drunk, and you catch them off guard, you might be able to spot their tail, because they don't hide it properly. Oh, really? <laughs> Would you care for another drink, darling? <laughs> oh, hang on. And what was that's that? me. Uh, uh, tap, please. <laughs> no, no, it's nothing. It's not, it's not my tail. <laughs> Uh, I'd just like to point out as well that in some stories, Kitsune turn into beautiful men as well. It's not just Okay, that's very progressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's most commonly women, but Mm. uh, yeah. Uh, But they aren't purely evil, I'd like to point out. Kitsune can generally be split into two groups, Zenko and Yako. If you're traipsing around the shrines and temples of Japan right now, listening to Grim Reading, mm-hmm. uh, or any other time, you'll likely spot... That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Didn't we mention? Yeah, We're traipsing around Mount Fuji. That's, a, that's convenient. You'll likely spot, like we have, one of the over 30,000 Zenko fox statues oh, yeah. around Japan. These statues of the Zenko represent the messengers and guardians of Inari, who is the androgynous rice deity. 
So basically... Rice deity? Yeah, so this wow. is because rice was so important yeah. in medieval Japanese life. Wow. So at her temples, you will find fox statues everywhere, mm-hmm. which are guarding. These are good guys, right? These are the Zen- Zenko. Zenko, they bring luck and fortune and they help humans and they're good. We like them. Yep. The Yako, however, are more malevolent. They are mischievous and enjoy tormenting people. They may lead travellers astray or befuddle them with illusions. Nasty. Oh, I hate being oh, befuddled. Oh. There are many, 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 many stories which feature Kitsune. Perhaps most famously of all, though, is the story of Tamamo no Mei. Oh, yeah. That's definitely how you pronounce it. Yep. Tamamo was the courtesan of Emperor Konoe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just quickly tell you this myth. Basically, there's loads of different versions of this, but this is the sort of bare bones of the story. Mm-hmm. So... There was a Kitsune, Tamamo, who was the courtesan of the emperor. Now, one day, the emperor mysteriously fell ill, and it couldn't be explained. None of the doctors knew what was going on, until one day an astrologer was consulted, and he explained, yeah, that, you know that Tamamo, your favorite courtesan? She's actually a nine-tailed Kitsune, who was trying to kill him and take the throne. Oh, boy. The emperor, he sends his best warriors to hunt and kill her. They chased her to a cliff edge, where they killed her. And the body of the fox became the Seso Seki stone. And her spirit haunted the stone, uh, which was called the killing stone, I think. So mm-hmm. if anyone came near it, they would die. Or if wow. birds were flying over it, they'd fall out of the sky dead. Until one day, a wandering priest persuaded her to stop. He said, come on, spirit. Don't do this. Don't make it a killing stone. Stop yeah. it. And Pack the, it in. The fox was like, all right. And... The, Fox spirit left the stone, the stone burst and disintegrated, and you can now go visit the scattered rocks today in the town of Nasu in Tokigi or Toshigi. So this is one of those explanatory legends behind mm-hmm. natural phenomenon which you find all over the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. And also another top-notch fox tale for you. Lovely. There you go. So that's uh, the, a little bit on the Kitsune, Kitsune of Japan. Kitsune. Pretty epic, those Amazing. guys. Amazing. Shape-shifting. Crazy and fascinating. It's quite cool, isn't it? It's a bit bizarre, yeah. I mean, they sort of put the Brothers Grimm and the European wolf to shame a little bit. Well, yeah, when you go along the shape-shifting fox, you've done it, really. It's game over. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Time to retire. I think that uh, moves us on to the score now. The score. So, I think we need to give hmm. each of those stories a score individually. And yes. if you remember, what we're going to do is, when we've heard all four, we're going to sort of average it out and give one score to the quadrilogy. Uh-huh. We gave something like 6.5 to the last one. Uh-huh. What do you think you could give it now? Numbers just popped into my head. So, let's hear. So, this is for The Wolf and the Man. This is for The Wolf and the Man. Shall I give you my number? Five. Five. Yeah. Oof. It's been a while since we've gone that Yeah, way. I mean, it's short. I enjoyed it, but it's definitely suffering in comparison to part two of the story. I've got to be honest. Okay. In my head, the better story was The Wolf and the Man. Really? Yeah. However, when we were recording it and reading it out loud, I think we both enjoyed the second one more. I think so, I could yeah. see you were way more engaged with yeah. it. Yeah. And it's got, it's got some good sort of snappy lines in it, like, why are you such a glutton? No, exactly. And uh, Red Fox. Um, more, more happens. I, 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 
yeah, I just enjoyed the story a bit more. But I like The Wolf and the Man because it's, I don't know, it's, it's reminding me of The Riddle of the Sphinx, and that just, that's if, cool. that just sounds like an Indiana Jones movie. So yeah. um, that's, that's throw me out of whack. I think I'm going to give it a six. Okay, respectable. That's 11. Oh, oh it's low. low. It's low. So low. The Wolf and the Fox, what do you reckon? The Wolf and the Fox, I enjoyed this more. As we yeah. discussed, uh, yeah. for the reasons we discussed, it was just a, a tale that engaged me more. It had jelly, it had pancakes, <laughs> <laughs> it had salted meats. It did. Uh, um, it had cudgels. Cudgels, getting stuck in holes. One-liners. Yeah, great, great story. Full package. Uh, full package, yeah. I'm going to give this one a 6.5. So, up one and a half points, so mm-hmm. quite... Quite a big jump. Quite a big jump. I think you gave me it just six, but I gave okay. it an extra half because I just thought All right. I enjoyed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Come on, Matt. You know, I think these are these are blooming good stories, mm-hmm. but taken in isolation, they, they they feel a little. There's not too much meat on them, so it feels weird mm-hmm. giving them high scores. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a six point five as well. Same as me. So very similar in your eyes, going yeah. from six to a six point five, kind of fairly equal. They are. I think I'm just befuddled because when I oh came no, here... Oh no, the katsune! God, it's here! Wait, is that a tail behind you, Adam? What's that? <laughs> Not just one. <laughs> Got nine of them. None of those bad boys. Um, yeah, so I'm totally bewitched and befuddled. But, we, you know, it's not over yet. No. We got a whole other episode. Oh, can't wait. Final chapter in the saga. Adam, what else is going on in the grim reading land? Well... There's one thing that uh, springs to mind, Matt, if you oh, don't yeah. mind me talking about it, oh, to the well, listeners. I don't, Can I share it with I, you? I don't know if I, until I hear it. Okay, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, it could be referring well, to anything. Well. I'll just say it then. We are running a competition. Certainly since Hansel and Gretel, New Year's Day episode, yeah. we have been uh, running a competition, um, which should be running until sort of mid to late February. We're not entirely sure of the end date. Mm-hmm. And... That competition has a physical prize. Oh, man. So that what have you beautiful. got there, Matt? I'm holding in my hand a copy of Hansel and Gretel and Other Tales by the Brothers Grimm, illustrated by Arthur Rackham, published by Pook Press. The lovely people at Pook Press. Very lovely they are. So I'm just, I'm just flicking through it. Look Matt's at just, these uh, images. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? It's lovely. It's really so lovely. Arthur Rackham oh, is who? An, an early... Arthur Rackham was an English book illustrator and he's recognised... I'm just not reading... I'm not just reading Wikipedia right now. Uh, he's recognised... <laughs> oh yeah, keep talking. Keep talking. He recognised... He's only recognised as one of the leading Is literary he? figures during the golden age of British book illustration. Oh, oh, yeah. And his work is noted for its robust pen and ink drawings, which were combined with the use of watercolour. I'm just flicking through here. There's some yeah. beautiful images of Hansel and Gretel, of the sort of scary witch. Oh, they're great. Along. Some in colour, some uh, black and white pen drawings. It's a big, chunky book as it well. Really it really is. It's like a nice, big, hardback coffee table book. It's it's uh, something you'd be proud to own, I think. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's lovely. It's got hands in luck here. We got the fisherman and his wife. I haven't read that one yet, but I'm sure it's great. Beautifully illustrated. Beautiful yeah. book. And uh, how are they gonna how are wow. they gonna get their hands on that? You know what? It's pretty simple. Oh, is it? Tell me more. All you have to do is answer a simple question. Kind, <laughs> kind of. What has been your favourite story that we've read on the podcast so far, and why? You can email us. 
you can tweet us, you can Instagram us, you can Facebook us, you can put comments on blogs, comments on Facebook posts, whatever. You can, yeah. Whatever just suits you best, whatever you find easiest. Touch. Yeah. Also, uh, just to say, this is open to anyone in the world, not just the UK. And yeah, just say which has been your favorite story and why. It can be for any reason because you loved it as a child because uh, we made you laugh. <laughs> whatever the reason. And also, we are planning to read out the comments and the messages we've lovely messages we've been getting so yes. if if you're not comfortable with that which i understand i think adam does not yeah, wants completely stuff re- uh, read out just say in your email and it you won't can still affect your chances. enter the competition yeah we yes. just won't read it out but obviously if you're happy to that's great because yeah. we love reading out your messages good luck best of luck yeah and best we of will... luck everyone's in with a yeah. chance of winning yeah we'll just we read them all we've read all the ones that come in so far and thoroughly enjoyed reading them Please get in touch. We'll enjoy reading them all and we will select a winner, someone who gets that book. So it's that time again. I've got to pick the next batch of stories. So we've got, we've got the master list of stories. It has been a while. Mm. Uh, we threw in a couple of episodes that we weren't expecting there. So, uh, But now we're back to... Me picking the stories and and uh, and we know what the next four episodes are going to be. So we're picking four, picking the next four stories. I have no idea what they're going to be. We nope. don't know anything about fairy tales. I know nothing. This is, I'm picking them on the <laughs> title alone. What intrigues me in this very moment? We've had a we've had a few comments. People are like, oh, you didn't know this or you didn't know that. Sure. And it's like no, the whole thing is we don't know anything. We're learning as we go. Yeah, we may seem extraordinarily knowledgeable, but that's just an illusion. Or we may seem extremely ignorant. And that's not an illusion. <laughs> that's very much real, that one. Yeah, that's true. So the first one I'd like us to read is The Straw, The Coal, and The Bean. Oh. Number 18. The next one I want us to read is number 36, The Wishing Table, The Gold Ass, and The Cudgel in the Sack. We've been talking about cudgels, and I'm just intrigued by that. Number 45... A return of someone we've seen before. I'm intrigued to hear Thumbling as Journeyman. Thumbling's back in town. Thumbling as Journeyman. He's Journeyman this time. (laughs) What wacky adventure is he going to get up to? So wacky. Zany man. Zany Thumbling. Oh, I can't wait for that. Man. And last but but not least, Mm. I want to hear, I'm desperate to hear in Mm -hmm. fact, Mm -hmm. number 75, The Fox and the Cat. The the final instalment of the yeah, Fox we've Quadrilogy. Got to hear it. I can't hear the first three and not uh, hear the fourth. Wouldn't be right, would it? Wouldn't be right. Fantastic. What a great great selection. Do you want to Fantastic. reel them off again? I'm just going to recap that. So, we want to hear the straw, the coal, and the bean. We want to hear the wishing table, the gold ass, and the cuddle in the sack. <laughs> <laughs> What's that cuddle like in the sack? Oh, who knows? Don't want to know. Uh... Thumbling as Journeyman. Thumbling as Journeyman. Which is one of the best titles. <laughs> and The Fox and the Cat. Very obscure ones. That's what we're all about. Being surprised. Big surprises in By how store. good a story is, how insane it is, <laughs> uh, how creepy it is. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so hopefully those stories will be good ones. I'm sure they will be. Well, we'll see you next time in The Straw, The Coal and The Bean. Was it? Yeah, so... There's something in the back of my mind that says that is a mad story. Maybe of flicking through it once. I don't know. I think you might have picked something there. 
I'm really excited okay, about I'm that gonna, one. I'm gonna I'm gonna rush back to my castle and, and have a look at that. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. All right. So next time then, the straw, the coal, and the bean. See you then. Can't wait. Bye. Bye. You can email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod. Also on Instagram and Facebook, Grim Reading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. had the fox with him and what up the wolf had <laughs> and what up <laughs> the wolf had the f- oh should I have some tea yeah it's looking quite weak no it's perfect it's really nice okay ready ready <laughs> whiskey <laughs> going to detain a blight who are enjoying his whiskey <laughs> <laughs>